survive in the wilderness. These reasons can be different, but there always has to be a point to it. There's no survival as such. For instance, if you're like training to be a Marine or, or a Navy SEAL and they send you off for a week, like there's a specific goal of surviving for that week and training for that week. Or if you are flying in Alaska and your plane crashes in the middle of nowhere, is that you need to survive um, for a purpose. One, one reason would be you're trying to survive to build up a set of skills for whatever reason you're seeking in that. Another reason is to survive long enough to be rescued. The point is to get to the end where you are rescued. And often, though, when you're in an emergency situation, if you happen to, to crash land or something like that, or your boat gets stranded on a desert island, there's usually some kind of some challenge and trauma involved as well. It's not just you in your, your right state of mind thinking through your categories. Okay, like, what do I do now? All these kinds of things. There's usually some kind of um, danger, trauma, injury that's adding and aggravating the situation. You're not in the right frame of mind. This is why when I began this series on survival that we are finishing today, I started with the rule, don't panic, because you can't do anything else if you're panicking. Um, you, can't, you can't find shelter. You can't set up a trap for an animal if you're able to do those sorts of things, if you're, if you're panicking and not understanding the situation. And the hardest time not to panic is the time when it's most obvious that you should be panicking, like when your plane crashes in the middle of Alaska. It's like, that seems a pretty obvious time to panic. Um, much more so than when you're stuck in traffic. Um, but it's still the first way to get out of that situation is to not panic. And then over these past few weeks, I've kind of shared this adage um, that you can survive three hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. But all of that is to the goal of being rescued. Survival skills aren't the same skills you would have if you wanted to just go into the woods and be a hermit. I don't know if any of you do, but um, if you did, you would want to know different skills. You're not, like, if you're, when you're building a shelter in a survival situation, you're not trying to build, like, a three-room log cabin in the woods. You're just trying to build something that protects you for a time until you can survive. You're seeking shelter for a time. You're seeking water and food for a time because ultimately you're trying to be rescued. My friends, we are finishing this series on survival. We've been looking at how to survive in the wild, but also how to survive in the brokenness of this world. We spoke about how instead of, instead of panicking, we need to trust in the Lord. We lifted up the Psalms of trust first in the Lord and the power of that and, and leaning on God in those times when we least um, really want to, when we think we should be panicking, when everything is going out of control, how God offers us peace in those moments. We talked about building shelter and shelter in the wild and the importance of it, and sometimes even when we don't think we need it, but how necessary it is and how the church can be shelter in this world. And the church at its best is shelter in this world. And whether or not the question we need to ask ourselves is, are we offering shelter to people in this world? Are we offering protection from the elements in this world? Are people, when they come through our doors, when they come to our activities, do they feel more closer and safer to God or do they feel further away? We then talked about water and the need to find water and not just any kind of water, but good water, <laughs> clean water, water that comes from a good source and how God offers us through Jesus Christ living water, a spring of living water. That is what faith offers us, that we don't need to seek the spiritual waters elsewhere that God has offered and come down to us. 
And then we talked about food and the need for food in the wild, but also how bread, Jesus is the bread of life, the food from which we never hunger. And finally, we are at the point of rescue because the point of survival is to be rescued. Survival is not about the journey. It is, about, it, is not about, it is not about the journey. It is about the destination. There's a lot of things in life that are about the journey, but survival is not. You're not trying to like, oh, what, this wonderful experience of having a broken leg in the middle of nowhere. No, you're not trying to like dwell in that and, and have a moment there. You're just trying to get out <laughs> however safely you can. Most of our days are spent in journeys of one way or another, shorter journeys, longer journeys. Our jobs are journeys. Our marriages and our relationships are journeys. Our vacations are journeys. Our ultimate destination, though, as children of God, is to be with our God, our Creator who loves us and offers Himself for us. And for that to happen, we need to be rescued. The Psalms, the, the center of the Bible, if you open to like the center page of any Bible, it's going to give you a Psalm. And it's the largest book in the Bible, but they're filled with, with psalms and songs of calling on God to rescue. And the, the psalm that Elizabeth read earlier, I think, is a wonderful example, Psalm 71. I've taken refuge in you, Lord. Don't ever let me be put to shame. Deliver me and rescue me by your justice. Bend your ear towards me and save me. Be my rock of refuge where I can always escape. The Bible itself, the whole of the Bible is full of calls for rescue and thanksgiving for rescue. All of salvation, all of Christianity, when it comes down to it, all of faith comes down to this. God created everything out of nothing and saw that it was good. God created humans in the image of God, but humans turned away from God. And our love failed, yet God's love remained steadfast. And in the fullness of time, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be with us, born as a child, born as a child, raised far away from the city, far away from the important places. But he came to be with us, to befriend us, to teach us, to heal us, and ultimately to be willing to love us all the way to the cross and death on the cross. And in so doing, defeating death and opening up the possibility for all of us to find our final destination in God. If you are in the wild, the way you look for rescue depends on where you are. If you're in like a continental situation, if you're in a mountain, a desert, a creek or something, there's different rules that you would try to follow. For instance, if you're stuck, you know, let's, let's pretend that the hill country is undeveloped and there's not like all these weird estates everywhere um, and you're trapped in the hill country, one of the goals you would be is to kind of go downhill. You want to go downhill. And there's a reason for that, um, not just because um, that's where people are, but because it saves energy. If you're in a wild, in a wilderness and survival situation, your energy is basically the greatest thing you have. And you don't want to waste it. If you're going up and down, if you're trying to get to the highest peak, you're missing out and losing that energy that's so hard to come by. If you're, if you're on a desert, um, you're trying to find a way to signal and, and connect with others, but also to maintain your energy, to not exert it in, in silly ways because you have to save what you have. Figuring out those ways. In either situation, you need to remember you don't have an unlimited source of energy. 
And you don't have coffee that you can just come to um, to give you a little boost. The life of faith as well, the things God shares with us. These are not tricks to save us. Sometimes it can be confused with that. They aren't ways of being rescued. Coming to church, prayer, worship, service, these aren't ways of being rescued. We don't love our neighbor because in order to earn something from God or to get God to notice us in a new way, as if like, hey, God, remember me? Like, that's not what prayer is for. That's not what service is for. Because the amazing miracle of all of this, even um, wherever we are in our life, wherever we are in our faith, is God has already found you. God has already sought you. We are already loved. You are already forgiven. We cannot, in fact, do anything to rescue ourselves. We cannot think of a, like one easy trick. We can't think of a wonderful mnemonic device like I used with what, like shelter of thinking of the four W's. There's not, there's not a mnemonic device to remember for God's love for us. We have to remember that God already loves us. God has already forgiven us and already come down to us. And so the question for us today is how to live in the gap between this understanding of God's love for us and forgiveness and mercy and the reality of brokenness around us. The reality that we are not at our final destination. We are not currently in our final presence of God. There are still temptations and deceptions that pull us away. There is a distance between the already and the not yet. And that is, in some ways, one of the whole points of church, of being the church together. If God called us into a new life that was fully apparent now, we would not need the church. If all the questions had been answered, all the concerns met, we would not need the church. If we were no longer looking through the glass darkly, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, but instead looking at God face to face, there would not be a need for church because there's no church in heaven, my brothers and sisters. There are no preachers. There's no long sermons you have to get through. Um, there's, no, there's no communion. There's no baptism. We are all revealed and fully whole in Jesus Christ. There are no, like I said, long sermons. Life with God is not just this endless potluck. It's not like you only do church stuff anymore and all the other stuff is gone. There are no church leadership meetings in heaven. There's no, there's no board meetings. There's no capital campaigns in heaven. <laughs> the work of the body of Christ here and now is the work for rescue here and now, for sharing the good news that God has already come. The work of pointing out and noticing the transformation is already happening here. The work of survival here and now is not the desperation of the wild, but the illumination for those who don't yet realize it, that they are loved, that they are forgiven, and that God has a destiny for them. And for those moments when we ourselves, each of us, are deceived about who God is for us. We're deceived and we, we fill those moments with self-doubt. The church is there. God is there through us to remind each other that they are loved. That if Jesus is Lord, that means that I am not. If Jesus is Lord, that means Caesar is not. That all these other false gods in this world 
are not. My heart and my desires are not Lord over all. And there are things that I do and goods that I have that do not serve my Lord, but serve myself, and they are self-destructive. They are wrong. They lead me away from God's rescue. But we are called together for the purpose of announcing this good news, that we don't need those things. We're called to take refuge in God, as the psalmist says. We're called to lean on those things of love, those, those practices of love, and let go of those practices of not love, that we don't need the not loves in our life, that it's not a necessity. Our identity is not based on them, but on the reality that we are already loved and forgiven in this world. The rescue of God does not look like the rescue of the world. The rescue of God does not always look like a helicopter rescue from a mountaintop or a, or a heroic boat rescue from the wilds of the oceans. Sometimes we see God's love and understand it, and only then do the hardest challenges of our life take place. Having challenges in life doesn't point to the inadequacy of God. Faith is not about making our lives easier, but making our life true and honest and fulfilled because we understand our ultimate destination is with God. Our ultimate purpose is not to save ourselves. Our truth, our mission, our call in Jesus Christ. When we are aligned as individuals, when we are aligned as a body of Christ, when we find a community that can hold us up when we are down, that can remind us of rescue when we feel lost, that can show us shelter when we are stranded in the storm, that can offer us living water, that can feed us the bread of life, our journey is not over. Our final destination is not coming here on Sunday morning, but God sends us out to share that light in our life. And not sharing that light in the most boring way imaginable or the most dull way imaginable, but in the excitement and joy and reality of even in the midst of this broken world that God has already loved you and forgiven you. And how amazing is that? That you don't have to, to change these other things in your life as, as the internet tells you, as the world tells you, that you are already good enough for God. You are already beautiful to God. You have already been rescued. My brothers and sisters, this day, may you be encouraged that you are already loved, that God has rescued you and forgiven you from the dark, deepest and darkest recesses of your soul. You have been seen all the way down. Those things you haven't even shared with the most important people in your life, God has seen and already forgiven you and loved you. God not only loves you, but likes you, likes who you are. You don't have to go through the motions anymore, nor do you have to go through things to, think, to prove to yourself that you are saved and you are worthy. You are loved, so let us respond to that love by doing the things of God. Let us respond to that love by prayer, by service, by offering of ourselves. Let us respond to that love in the encouragement and joy that Jesus is here and we are rescued. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for rescuing us in the midst of despair and anguish. Thank you for rescuing us in the midst of joy. Thank you for showing us the truer joy, the truer happiness and blessedness that is found in following and serving you. And thank you for reminding us that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ our Lord.
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.